If you're one of the 150 million Americans with private health insurance, next month your plan will cover at-home tests. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. So how's it been, Kyle? Uh, not bad. So I told you um, uh, the guy at my office got COVID, got yeah. a positive test. And I went Truth and I back. got tested today because apparently you have to wait like three to five days if you've been fully vaxxed to to get like a, a, an accurate test after being exposed. And I am negative and I feel pretty good about Hooray. that. I don't have the vid. Yeah, I mean, even if you've been vaccinated, it still sucks. Yeah, no, I, I would, it would have sucked if I had had it. E- even if I'm not symptomatic, I would have had to like quarantine for like ten, ten to fourteen days, and I don't want to do that. You got enough of that over the last year and a half. Yeah, I've had enough of it. Um, I just like there's really like it, it reminds me again like how silly it is that I go into the office at all. <laughs> like I, I, I edit videos. Oh yeah, I mean honestly, there's no reason you couldn't still work from home even though you didn't don't have COVID. But I'm sure they'll make you come in. Oh yeah, no, I have to go in on Monday. I was partly part of me. So I want to go and I want to watch a um, Liverpool match tomorrow at the pub because I told some people that I would go and join them to watch it. And I just officially joined the supporters group, but I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to go, which is like, you know, whatever, you know, I I had a – if. I don't know. I mean, everyone at that office shows up like three hours late, anyways, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, most of the time. Or they're out on the. <laughs> one guy is out working all the time. He's like, he's a good guy. Um, he just, uh, I think he he really does enjoy the work. He likes to shoot, and that's a good thing. Um, I guess, yeah, but unfortunately, I mean, unlike unlike you, he can be satisfied shooting content that is mindless drivel maybe if i was shooting it maybe if i had some physical involvement i would be a bit more invested but the fact that i'm just sitting at a desk waiting for them to bring me footage is uh i I have no no commitment no uh no real connection to any of it yeah attachment to any of it but uh yeah you know i was worried that i was going to miss the going to see the soccer game so now that's out of the way but i was also kind of hoping that i wouldn't have to go into the office for like t- 2 weeks that would have been kind of nice yeah it could have been nice but also you definitely could have seen that soccer game if you had right COVID, i could not yeah. and i uh you know couldn't know. also go to like grocery shop or any of that shit <laughs> yeah you have to send lucy out well actually lucy would have to get tested right. too lucy would have to yeah. be tested almost certainly would have it if i had it yeah well i mean i guess it, it's 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 on the whole, it's a it's a good thing that you say a right. blessing to feed into ours. Then you don't <laughs> have it. <laughs> I've right, been um, blessed. Yeah. No, I mean it's good that you're at least clean bill of health. Well, oh, I mean, other than like far. you know the liver failure and all that <laughs> stuff. But I mean, I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on those just as fat as you are. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm decaying at at a at an equal rate as I would be if I probably actually slightly less so than if I had had COVID right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway. how are you been? How have you been? Oh, uh, um, you know, same stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Thanksgiving uh, was Thanksgiving, and then uh, at work they put out a big Thanksgiving spread from like our, 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 you know, our deli like cooked all kinds of stuff up for the day crew. It was a big spread; they could all just help themselves. And the night crew had the leftover stale desserts from a day and a half ago. By the time we got in tonight, what fucking shit? Yeah, well, 
used to the night crew getting again used to the night crew getting slighted at least i can wear headphones that's yeah. the only reason that is the only reason i stay at that job i can't i i a job where i couldn't wear headphones would honestly be very hellish for me because i uh it's one of the few things that lets me get through a work day yeah seriously i uh they really like the fact that they all like is there any pay difference between the night crew? Probably not. Yeah, we get, an extra, we get an extra sixty cents for being overnight. Oh, hooray! Sixty, 60 cents. whole cents. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's it, on the one hand, it's bullshit. On the other hand, it, it matters. At I the pay, end of my shift, four a.m. At the end of your shift, you get a whole extra five dollars, so that's great. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, no, you know, same old stuff. Uh, did you do anything? Uh, I guess you didn't do anything for Thanksgiving, really, did you? No, Lucy and I, you know, we we're living far away from family. I was still con- not, I still hadn't been tested, so I wasn't going to go and expose anybody else. So we just kind of stayed in. It was pretty nice, honestly. We cooked all day. We made like Irish coffee in the morning and got a li- just a little, a little buzz going and then made a like pretty decent sized breakfast skipped lunch of course while everything was cooking and we almost fucked up the turkey because we put it in a slow cooker so that it wouldn't get super dry uh from baking it um but the slow cooker we we have is like an old instant pot and uh it wasn't quite big enough so it never it 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 got up to heat it got up to 165 internally like a few times but it wasn't like maintaining that heat, which of course, if it gets up at all, it's killing the 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 bacteria inside of it. Um, so we were like terrified, and it was like six o'clock, and we were like really fucking hungry because we had were supposed to only slow cook it for six hours, and it should have been out at like five. But um, we pull it out, we bake it for another ten minutes, and then we broil it so that it like crisps up the skin and all that and it actually turned out really fucking good we made a lot of fucking food and so we're gonna pass it out to some friends uh probably this this week and then have you know leftovers for days yeah that's cool and then we watched uh, the hobbit movie that was that nice. yeah, sounds like a very nice very nice couple's thanksgiving i'm glad you were, you guys were able to do that just you two of you yeah it sounds like it was a lot lower stress than having a bunch of family around telling yeah, you about how the vaccine is bullshit oh my god were your were your family like that <laughs> no my family like i've made it clear my family are libs yeah so you're... they were just more like were you everything with your... is fine literally just let's not talk about politics and oh, well, so i had for a change i i was i was the designated driver so i stayed sober and i did not talk about politics huh. <laughs> De- you were dd where where were your where was your uh, we, where your family Jackie, we, we all went to my, my uh, father's house it was just it was just me my father uh my stepmom my sister and jackie Oh, and cool. I let Jackie be the I let Jack and since I had to work t- that night anyways, I figured I let yeah. Jackie drink. Oh, that's nice. Yep. So I managed to just let him. I mean, they didn't talk much about politics, so I didn't bring it up. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's like just, just keep it low maintenance. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> at some point you're just like, yeah, we'll we'll just leave. Let sleeping dogs lie. I'm gonna yeah. ignore. Uh, I, there, like, there are better times to pick that fight. Yeah. It's really only when my. <laughs> It's really – that's not entirely true. When people call me, I, I'll generally go off on a tirade. But if I'm in person and somebody mentions something on the news or something like and specifically asking my question, I have a very hard time not being very honest and eventually getting myself Talking riled about up. how uh, so. the CCP is not that bad and yeah. then suddenly you're uh, public enemy number one. I am. I am. Uh, it's, it's really bad when they – 
Yeah, really, like the China stuff is just fucking silly as shit because it's like it's it's okay to be racist against Chinese people right now, Kyle. Didn't you know? Mm-hmm. We're back that into a, the uh, the, the yellow menace type shit from the early twentieth century. We're we're doing this again. Yeah. Well, um, as far as harmful beliefs go, though, uh, racism is definitely up there. But today we're actually focusing on a different set of harmful beliefs, and that is the one that is possibly most likely to get us canceled. We are going <laughs> to talk about religion. Uh, religion. Uh, a lot. You know, I feel like everybody uh, – not everybody, but a lot of people who have reached, uh, I suppose, this side of the political aisle, even maybe oh. – Real quick, I'm Phil. Oh, and I'm Kyle. And we're the unsociablists here to talk to you about religion. <laughs> the most cancelable offense. Uh, but the um, – so like I think a lot of people who have reached like this side of the political spectrum, if you're going to make it like that, because we're all, you know, we're all a bunch of grab bags of ideas. There's no coherent ideology among most Americans in general. Um and then even – it seems like sometimes it's pretty solidified on the left, but most of the time I don't think it is. Um, but you know, I think a lot of us, to get to this point, we went through our edgy atheist days like I certainly did. I mean I'm still an atheist. I just well, – yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not edgy, edgy about it. Not edgy anymore, right? <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was never really that edgy about it. I was always a live and let live when it came to religion person. Mm, but good. if anything, less so now because a lot of religious people are harmful to society because yeah. of their beliefs being completely out of context of the actual texts they believe in, solely focusing on the stuff that they don't like about other people so they can ignore their own insecurities. Absolutely. No, you, I think you nailed – you got – you hit the nail on the head there. Um I think sorry, got ahead of myself. No. I uh I think that like I specifically because I grew up in such a religious I mean you did too, but like I grew up in a Catholic religious uh background. You know, I went to parochial school. It was constantly everywhere we'd go to church at the at a minimum, you were supposed to go every Every week during school, they would set across time. You know, it's like, hey, uh, I had, I know you were doing that extracurricular that you like, um, but you got to go worship God now. Um, and more more than more often than not, it would be closer to like three times a week that you would have to go to church, uh, which sucked. And so that re- really pushed me, I guess, as a as like a negative response to to be an edgy atheist to be like fuck this my dad um converted to catholicism uh when i was a like when i was like 13 14 um because he had you know he had married into a catholic family uh and so eventually he just wanted to be able to walk up and take the little piece of bread um and so it it was like part rebellion it was almost all rebellion but it was also like confronting yourself with the fact that like you said so many of these religious people are not are are not really observing the documents that they they hold up they're they're generally using it more as a post facto uh what would you call a post facto like justification yeah, for their it. beliefs and feelings about others yeah i mean uh i could definitely say that um 
it's it is funny though because in a lot of cases they will internalize the messages very weirdly. My mother, uh, she's uh, she's standard Roman Catholic. She plays church music. That's like all has her shtick and always has been. And she was a closeted lesbian for a long time, and now she is a still closeted lesbian. She's in a lesbian relationship. Unlike when she was with my father, and just having and just there because norm, heteronormativity, and also she wanted kids. Um, she is now in a lesbian relationship, but she is we're not allowed to. If like we ever visit her church, we can't bring it up. She is she her lesbian partner never shows up to the services at her church. You know, just keep that just pretend it doesn't exist. You know, keep, yeah. keep it locked away because that would get her. It would actually get her fired from her job, which we've told her many times. Why don't you just find a job that wouldn't fire you for being right. who you are? But that's you know she's she's locked into. Jesus music is the thing I need to do, and Catholicism is the one true way. There has to be a pope. Yeah, I um, think. Uh, I think. And then of course, my father. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, my father. He was actually. A, he's a reverend. Do- well, he's still a reverend doctor. He is no longer allowed to practice due to stuff. I won't bother bringing up here. I don't need to air my dirty laundry on the podcast too much. Um, but yeah, long story short. Uh, I he he is ELCA Lutheran, which at least is thankfully one of the more progressive versions of Christianity, where they believe gays can get married and stuff like that, you know, and women can be pastors, and you know, not quite Missouri Synod stuff. Oh, Missouri Synod is Missouri Synod is like weirdly though, even though they're post Lutheran, they're like diametrically opposed in uh, all it's just kinds the of weirdest shit. shit that they do. <laughs> in general, Christianity and their uh, various de- denominations of the, their sub their subclasses of religion are uh, completely incoherent. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's especially, I think, so I want to talk a bit about, like, the fact that, you know, people are attached to their religion, even if it, like, the word of the people who control that religion, the people who dictate the policies of that religion, even if it's, like, opposed to who you are as a person, you feel so, uh, you feel so attached to a belief Maybe because that belief has kept you through, even though um, it, you know, even though the the society that it breeds is is opposed to your existence as yourself, like that that need for belief, that need for faith, is too powerful, um, even to overcome the it, it, to be overcome by the the the. The negative impact that it has on your personal individuality, and then you. Well, also- and I would, I would say that especially in like nine cases out of ten, the main reason someone feels like they really need to have a faith like that is a fear of standard, very old, good old fashioned fear of death. Oh yeah, I know there's something afterwards, <laughs> and faith. Every basically every mainstream religions offers you that. Don't yep. worry. You picked the, you back to the right horse. You're getting that. You're going to live internal happiness after this, and don't need to worry about dying. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I uh, before I became an edgy atheist, I was a very, I was very into the Catholic Church. I, like I read a lot of the Bible, like actually reading it as a kid. Which I, I mean, I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I flipped through it one time when I was a young lad. Right, I would read stuff out and, of honestly, it. Honestly, it's got. Some, Honestly, it's got some neat stories in it. Oh, it's got great – like parts of the Old Testament are just – they're just history books. They're written weird, but like they're just history books, and I love reading history. So it's like you know, obviously you got to take into the into account the bias of the author and whether or not some of this stuff is real and who wrote it. 
um, for what purpose, but like it's, it's written similarly to just document the, the travels of like the prophets and the people who made up the most, the most prominent people who made up the, uh, early, you know, Hebrew, Hebraic, the Hebrews. It, it's like just kind of te- taking you through the world of, you know, 800, 1000 BC uh, Hebrews in the Near East. It's incredibly uh, yeah, interesting. With the, honestly, with the, exception of, with the exception of the times when someone talked to God and we're supposed to buy that as fact, otherwise it's a very well-sourced document. Right, like, yeah. The Bible has a lot of really good history in it. Mm-hmm. You just have to take with a great assault the fact that a lot of these people who were the prophets and whatever were just some people who said god talks to me now put it in this book for all eternity and make it a hard document of truth right um and there's even the idea that maybe they used that you know post facto to justify their existence as a as a preeminent um one you know uh as one of the 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 rulers or the the highest minds of that society like maybe that's just a way that they can work their sel- themselves into uh the hierarchy um because yeah, there's like, their ideals as some kind of word of law yeah it's like there are so many this is such an incredibly broad topic and i think today we're going to try and just kind of give that broad overlook overview and then maybe yeah, we might tie do some more specific episodes right because i want to there you know besides besides the very conservative German community Catholicism that I came from besides the somewhat progressive uh, ELCA or um, ELSCA. ELCA. ELS is a different one, which is also pretty progressive. Right. Um, And that's another one. Like why bother having two different (laughs) denominations that essentially believe most of the same thing, but know we're different because of like some minutia that I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Maybe even just to, just to have a new hierarchy that they can be at the top of, you know, it's, but like beyond these these individual denominations, beyond the fact that there are things like I want to talk about in the future, like liberation theology, things that are obviously they're like for a new age, for a different type of Christianity, reconverting these formerly hierarchical structures like um, uh, Oscar Romero is an example of liberation theology in in practice when he went to El Salvador and specifically he was going there by orders of the Vatican and then when he got there did the exact opposite of what the Vatican wanted to do he was supportive of the people who were being targeted by capitalist death squads and while we want to get into those kind of specifically later on down the line specifically I'm thinking of the liberation theology Today, I think it's going to be broader, and we're going to talk about not just religion as a motive force, but as like now, what has replaced what was religion in so many people's lives. Yeah, well, I mean, because whether religion be a form of mind control to get you to vote for the right guy that they want to keep the two party system alive, you know, and that's honestly the only reason the Republican Party manages to thrive is they've somehow tied themselves, knit themselves as the Christian Party, and uh, it convinces a lot of people like even if they believe literally all of the things that jesus didn't like somehow these are the good guys and then you've got uh the other version of modern religious exploitation which is let's just interweave the idea that god and our capitalist economy system are inseparable from each other yeah like in a 
opposed to liberation theology is like the prosperity gospel. And that comes directly out of like an, you know, religion oftentimes, if it's an organic religion, if it's an organic change and some, you know, I I say organic as if there's not almost always somebody who's rising to the top of that movement and directing it. Um, But if it's, if religion arises organically, it's almost always because of a change in like the mode of production. It's almost always a change in society that proceeds or uh, intertwines with the evolution of a new religious faith. I can't speak too much to like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like Manichaeanism. It's coming through at the end of the, uh, at the end of Roman involvement. And then the resurgence of like the Persian empire, there are these kinds of differences that people being put on different planes of different hierarchies have to try and work their, their, their themselves into kind of a, like, where is their place in that world? And, you know, there's obviously, and it's been talked about a bunch, but the explosion of the Reformation and the religious wars of the 1500s in Europe coincides with the evolution of the early modern state and capitalism. Now, capitalism itself, the way we practice it now and the way that it really exploded across the world is strictly British, but well, mostly British, but the seeds of it, which were spreading across Europe, existed at the same time that people were trying to judge how in this world where we're no longer attached to the land, we no longer are attached to this Catholic bureaucracy. How do we make our place in this world? How do we justify that some people are doing so well in this new economy and so many others are doing so poorly. Yeah, so there was this moral contextualization that happened that uh, undermined the actual original intent of the figureheads of the religion that now uh, exists – that uh, that originally existed and uh, have instead converted it into something that is a virtue sig- vir- uh, fancy form of virtue signaling to tell you – this is how these beliefs line up with how the world works. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 such an interestingly broad topic to talk about like how people how religions burst forth during these kinds of times of upheaval. Um and it's something that we're not going to be able to get into fully, but it is like the fact that we are so we are so drawn to creating a world of meaning. That when the world changes, we need to reorient our meaning. Mm-hmm. We can't just we can't just look at the changes that are happening and say these are happening because of. Uh, I mean, and what it comes down to is active denial of our circumstances. We can't look at the evils occurring around us and say evil is happening, and we need to do something about it because that involves you. That I mean, at the end of the day, it's late. It's blatant laziness and i can't say i'm much better than most people on this but we can't look at it and say well obviously this is something i could do something about because then you'd have to do something about it so if it's god's will if it's something divine if there's something more abstract to it then all of a sudden you get to kick back and say oh well yeah no i think you're absolutely onto it there um accepting that the world is changing and it is out of your power is part of what i think allures a lot of people to religion 
um, is yeah. that it, Give me, grant me the wisdom to something, the yeah, power yeah, right. to know the, what I can change, and the knowledge to know the difference or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think honestly, I think that's a good thing. Uh, not a good, it's not a good thing, but it's a thing that I understand and respect. Is that we think of take Islam for for an example is like it, it literally means to submit to God is like that is the the core of that religion. It is to allow yourself to be maybe not subsumed, but to become uh, to recognize your powerlessness in the face of God. And I think that that's I think that that's honestly um, it, it feels good to recognize your powerlessness. But it's also uh, uh, many people see it as a it's anti-materialist in their in their conception. It's a world that isn't recognizing the material reasons that you're powerless. It's suggesting that this is the way of the world. You are powerless. And that can easily be co-opted in the same way that, say, the Romans early on in the first millennia uh, co-opted Christianity. It's very similar to that, is that you've submitted yourself to this higher power, and then you can use that at the upper rungs of the hierarchy that speak for that higher power. You can use that to control those below you who have submitted themselves for entirely the right reasons, I think, for the reasons that you feel, as so many human beings have for forever, is that there are things that are more powerful than you. There are things that you can't do on your own. There are things that we can't explain at this moment. And you're looking for explanations and you're looking for a reason to be, a meaning for your for your existence. And I think that's a fair thing to chase after is to know what you are and why you're here. But then it, of course, it leads itself because that's vulnerability that you're exposing. People will take advantage of it quite often. open. If you would please form an orderly line to discuss your grievances, I will do all that I can to fairly address your concerns. Hey, good morning. So, we need more churches. There's only one Christian church in our area, and it's completely unacceptable. Is there an issue with the transit to your local place of worship? No, it's worse. My family have always been proud Lutherans, and at this church, there are Catholics, Protestants, Seventh-day Adventists, and all sorts of other heretics whom I'm expected to worship with. I'm here about the same thing. Hey, I recognize you. You're the nutter who thinks homosexuality is no worse a sin than any other, as is stated clearly in the scriptures, when a true Roman Catholic like myself understands it to be an abomination. I tell it to your Pope, asshole. Gentlemen, please, vol at a time. Anyway, I'm not sure I see the problem. You both follow the same holy texts and believe in the same religious figurehead. Why is the animosity between you? 
Because this hippie thinks women should be allowed to get abortions willy-nilly. More like this Philistine believes worshipping needs to be as stuffy and boring as possible. I must once again request that you do not fight here. I'm sorry, but our infrastructure simply won't allow for multiple denominations of the same religion to each have their own place of worship. You both fundamentally believe the same thing, so you'll simply have to manage to get along and learn from each other's perspectives. This is bullshit. I hate this government and the useless people who run it. I swear I'm moving to England where nobody gets persecuted for their specific beliefs. Uh, I see you're still here. Didn't you have the same complaint as him? I got a bigger one than that cuck. You heard me talking about women murdering babies? It's unacceptable. We need to change the laws to force people to stop sinning. That is quite impossible, sir. We have a very staunch policy of keeping church and state separated. You can have those beliefs and practice them personally all you like, but you're not allowed to enforce them on anyone else. So I'm just supposed to keep letting women and minorities like this guy behind me have equal rights to a straight white guy like me? That's an oppression of my God-given rights. I was actually here for the same thing as you, man. The teachings at my mosque are pretty clear. Women getting abortions is a form of murder. I don't need any help from you. Again, gentlemen, there's nothing I can do. I'm afraid you will both need to leave. How ghastly. Every one of those men was prevented from living their religious truth. It is truly a blessing that we live in the freedom afforded to us by the great U.S. of A. Welcome to my town hall. Please submit your questions one at a time and I'll answer them the best I can. And no, I'm not Donald Trump. I don't know who that guy is. Hey, so if we elect you, do you promise to put more money toward churches? There are only two ELCA Lutheran churches in my city, so when I don't feel like driving, I have to settle for attending the local ELS Lutheran church. I can probably get a sizable portion of real estate set aside for a few more tax-exempt Christian churches. As long as they guarantee they'll keep rubes, I mean, great voters like you all voting the way we want, over trivial lines in the sand. Just remember, you're right and everyone else is wrong. Ha! I just want to make sure that we can ban abortions and make homosexuality and racial mixing illegal. They're abominations in the eye of the one true Christian God. Well, of course. I'll happily throw everyone who's not a straight white male under the bus if it means folks like you will keep electing me. You may still get hit by that bus, but you're not underneath it, folks. More like a sideswipe. Anyway, just remember, you're right and everyone else is wrong. I'm sorry to bother you, but I have one small request. My mosque was recently burned down in the white supremacist terrorist attack. I would really like it if you could spare expenses to rebuild it. It is a simple building. It shouldn't cost much. What? No, get out of here, you filthy Muslim. You're probably a terrorist yourself. <laughs> you sure showed him. Anyway, I'm a millionaire Mormon, and I was wondering if you could legalize polygamy again? Also, could you drop my criminal charges for expressing my religious freedom by throwing a Molotov cocktail at a mosque? You're darn right I can do those things. Just remember, you're right, and everyone else is wrong. Wow, that's what true religious freedom is all about. There can never be too many correct ways to be a Christian, even if those ways actively go against the Bible. Never has it been more appropriate to say our send-off. God 
less America. Ghastly. I mean, it's, we, we've gotten very serious and uh, philosophical here, but it's important to remember that at least every single Christian, uh, at least Christian presenting person, accepts that powerlessness, and no human beings suddenly think they're God because of some abstract <laughs> new god that we've created by while using christianity to scapegoat in capitalist countries Absolutely. that wouldn't happen right no, that would never happen people would never see themselves as more powerful or more elect because they have more success in this new capitalist mode of production oh good so we definitely don't need to worry about people using christianity to do things like say win presidential elections or say you can't hurt the billionaires those things those things would never happen never 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 you cannot say good 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 um and i'm sure that karl marx himself was all like oh yeah uh capital is capital and god are never going to get intertwined don't worry about it um everything's going to be all chill you would think so because he is such a smart guy but here he got one he got a real stinker he said that god that capital itself acts on earth as a real god how heretical oh what jeez it's almost like he's never read the bible bible though <laughs> no, this is so obviously a little sarcasm but the um we're going to be taking from ian wright's uh essay uh, called Marx on Capital as a Real God because, of course, Marx, like he did a lot of things, kind of just like shooting from the hip, catching something pretty cool right here. I mean, he was a bright dude. He probably wasn't shooting from the hip. But he was yeah. commenting on like James Mill and in his manuscripts in like the 40s, 1840s, that is. Um, and in it, he describes capital, like big C capital, like like the not just – not just money and not just like concrete capital, the things that you own that can produce, you know, the means of production. That's like that's what people might call concrete or constant capital. And then variable capital in the in the Marxist sense is like working hours, you know, people that you can you can extract more from. That's where your extraction is going to end up coming from uh, yeah. this in this sense. He's talking about um, capital as big C capital as this kind of its own force its own uh yeah this entity beyond uh this entity that will always consume and never need to be ever fed while never being full right right it's um an interest so uh ian wright describes uses the word egregore which is real fancy i guess but it it means it's a non-physical entity that exists in virtue of the collective ritual activities of a group so each of us in the the product of our exchanges and the product of our social bonds so society itself and the 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 things that we trade between us but not just trade but like the the all of our interactions create something beyond the sum of its parts right so it, in this case in our capitalist mode of production where we are all living as extracted abstract laborers people who are alienated from our uh our labor people who you know your const your concrete labor what you can call things that you actually do things that can or cannot be turned towards a pro uh a profit motive that's your concrete labor if it can't be exploited is sh shifted off to the side so when we have become these little monads these isolated little beings our interactions in the market create this almost autonomous entity 
which is then great capital because capital itself, as Ian Wright kind of talks about, is like a control system and not just like a not like, you know, the Matrix or anything that's not putting you into the pod and at least not yet. Uh, but it, 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 I mean, the, it's it's doing that in essence, if not in physical practice. Right. It's, it's like still a, forcing you. It's forcing you to engage or um, be le- left on the wayside. Yes. And he uses the analogy of like a, a thermostat, like a control system that it, it uses a sensor and in the thermostat, you know, it, it senses temperature and then it adjusts its feedback to respond to that input. And in capital, it's big C capitals uh, estimation, it's profit essentially is what it's trying to sense and it senses whether or not your labor time the thing that it controls the thing that everyone is living under which is time and the finite and the finite finitude you know the finite nature of time it controls all of your livelihood through that and it's essentially diverting that time which is its response to where it sees more of a return on capital or less of a return. So if, say, there's more of a return on capital in producing shitty tchotchkes out in India or Bangladesh as compared to making it in fucking Fenton, Missouri, they're going to move it, move away their constant capital. They're going to take away that piece of the puzzle that makes your you know, society, the world that you live in, have resources. It's going to reallocate that to where it can find more returns and like literally is a i mean it's a glorified way of saying like if you don't feed the beast if you don't worship then Mm -hmm. you won't be saved absolutely that is exactly what you don't believe this you won't be saved yeah it's a materialist god in that and that's why he calls it a quote real god it's not it's not an imaginary god it's not a god that we we see in our personal lives it's not one that is like it's not like the Christian God, and I don't mean that well, to be uh, for like the a record, person. I mean, we like, the unsocialists would like to say that we are not capable of divine insight seeing beyond the realm of this time and space. I, I, I personally <laughs> into the beyond the veil. <laughs> I personally am an atheist, uh, but that is not to say that we can't – we are justifiably prove, saying with absolute provenness, oh, these gods are absolutely false and there's no way they exist. Yeah, yeah. We, no. we can't prove that. I'm not going to say – But uh, we definitely – I will definitely say I find – the at least the major three Judaism, uh, the, the Judeo Christian God and the Islamic Allah, very unlikely gods. Statistically, if we look at the world and their messaging and what and how things turned out, they don't seem like uh, the winners of the God is real contest. Yeah, but again, <laughs> like who fucking knows is a big like who knows. Um, yeah, I don't think that either of us would ever say to people like it's stupid to believe in anything. Oh, is, I would never. I've never. Okay, that's not fair. I have not in my recent adult life ever mm-hmm. tried to yeah. tr- take someone's faith away from them by using debate and stuff like that. That feels unhealthy all around. Right. No, I'm talking about myself as a a person on Friday, November 26th at 2:10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, saying that right now I would not tell people that their beliefs 12, are 10. dumb. 12:10. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, maybe you're I'm all stupid. right, Kyle. <laughs> but um. The uh, what was I? You were trying to hide your signal from the CIA. You didn't I want know, to know, know exactly where you were and what exactly time it was. <laughs> no, my trust me. The uh, the VPN it, it'll it'll distract you. I'm sure that that won't. They'll they'll hide my 
I'm sure that I, honestly, I am absolutely certain that a VPN has it can no way be counter traced, and that they allow this to be uh, this powerful tool that can take away all uh, or can add absolute and certain internet anonymity. They give that to everyone who wants to pay like five bucks <laughs> a month. Three ninety nine a month, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that that is not at all. Yeah, no. I, it really what it is. It's a glorified way of if you have this thing turned on, we won't mess with you if you pirate shit. It's faith. <laughs> it's faith. Bill. <laughs> it, it, there you go. VPN, <laughs> VPNs is God. To, everything in the capital system is just a little mini God. Tiny God. To, to believe in and to uh, tell yourself it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Sensible Secret Service Agent. President Eisenhower, sir, could I trouble you for a minute of your time? Yes, I can manage that. What can I do for you? Well, sir, first off, I'd like to thank you for speaking out against America playing constant world police. Of course. Violence only begets more violence. We should only be lording our military power over our own citizens. I mean, that it's like, it's like half right. Anyway, that's not why I'm here. I couldn't help but notice. You were planning on signing a document that would add the phrase, under God, to our Pledge of Allegiance. Indeed, as a recently converted Presbyterian, it is my moral obligation to ensure as many people followed the teachings of Christianity as possible. But, sir, doesn't that go against the separation of church and state that our country was founded on? Our founding fathers were all proud Christian men. They would want us to spread that message far and wide. Maybe I'm not being clear about this. I certainly don't think we should tell our citizens which deity to believe in, but I think it goes further than that. First off, going back to the pledge, it's already worded in a way that is super culty. I don't think we need to bring religion in on top of that. If you want my opinion, we shouldn't be expecting our school children to swear divine fealty to our country every morning. Your opinion has been noted, but I think it's important that all Americans love their country just as they should love the Lord. We are a great nation, and we deserve the love of our citizens, just as God deserves the love of all human souls. Okay, shouldn't the love of the people be earned rather than forced, though? I feel like telling people they have no choice isn't a good way to instill actual patriotism or religious belief. It may alienate some, but those who will bring into the fold, those lost sheep who simply need shepherding, will far outweigh those we lose. We must keep America thriving, and those who disagree with our excellence will only bring us and our ideals down. Actually, that kind of ties in with my other concern. Our country was founded on worship of capital and money, and that deification has skyrocketed since the end of World War II. This is a really dangerous time to further tie God into our country's mandatory propaganda. The Christian God said that the people shall have no other gods before him. I'm sure all the wealthy Christian CEOs and political leaders would never allow the public to be led so far astray. Their religious beliefs will prevent them from committing such evils. Not to disagree with you, sir, but nearly every person who's ever held any power in this country has been a Christian. And they've done... All kinds of evil stuff. In all honesty, it's almost always performative Christianity with no actual belief in the teachings. Your newfound faith is a rarity, and trying to impose it on others can only backfire. As I have faith in God, I have faith in my fellow Americans. 
We are not doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. Well, sir, I still think this is a mistake, but I don't really have any say in the matter. Just promise me that you'll take precautions against the country becoming a slave to a higher power that contradicts the one that you believe in. I appreciate your counsel. I think I may have an idea on how to keep the American public away from the evil of worshipping money. Are you planning on ditching that cult-like pledge, then? Maybe you could even go a step further and formally speak out against capitalism. Those ideas are neither reasonable nor sensible. I have a much better and more succinct solution. It may take time, but I plan to make this country's motto, In God We Trust. Surely that will remind the American people what is truly important. I, I'm not really sure how that will help prevent people from worshipping money? I know exactly how to draw that distinction. We'll place that new slogan on every single dollar bill our treasury prints. Surely that will remind people, when they look at our great currency, that there is a higher power. They're, they're just going to think that the higher power is the money that they're holding. You're... Reinforcing the wrong message in every possible way. Oh, I'm sure my plan will work flawlessly. And when we have a truly peaceful, God-fearing people in 60 years, you'll be thanking me. Also, I'm sure that by then, every president will be just as eloquent, if not more so, than myself. I, with the help of God's great guidance, will truly have helped make America great once more. God damn it. Sensible Secret Service Agents. I think that, so, but to, to continue, it's like, I don't think that it's, I don't think that we, like, it, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to yell at people and be like, your you beliefs are dumb. Like, yeah, if you think that you should impose them on others, I think that's a fair line of attack. But it's still like, to toss out, it's like tossing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, you gotta... You got to respect that other people will have beliefs and to to take that line of attack with people generally I don't think is very – it's not super productive. I think because – Yeah, here's, trying to kill someone else's faith isn't ever going to endear them to you. They're no. going to be like, oh, you, you killed my hope of an afterlife and now I'm nihilistic and hate everything. Thank you so much. Right. That kind <laughs> of person might not stick around to help out society. Um <laughs> But like the uh, the thing that I'm thinking of specifically from like seeing, you know, you don't want to shit on people's beliefs. I think in part, in large part, because we've all, for as long as history has been recorded, and probably longer, we've all had in our societies beliefs, and while uh, the egregore the collection of social practices that create the god of capital while that exists it's not if i believe that if i believe that our social practices combining with each other can create an autonomous force i don't see why that same principle can't be put towards a say more socially conscious version of an egregore 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 i'm sure i'm saying that wrong but you know what i'm talking about if yeah, we can create the, uh, an aggregate sense of self exactly. and collective well-being yeah if if instead the world was 
oriented away from profiteer, uh, away from profit seeking and towards if all of our interactions were geared towards collective uplifting, I don't think that 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 creating an autonomous force out of that something that responds like an algorithm. Not that I'm super big fan of most algorithms or even the idea of setting, you know, setting, setting and forgetting society. Uh, but the fact that it can happen under capital does not mean that it can't happen otherwise, that you can also find a way to turn in the same way that, you know, it sees the means of production. We're not Luddites. We're not saying destroy everything. This is something that under observation, this god of capital, which tends to be more demonic than godly, the structures that have created it, the fact that it proves, in fact, that society exists, unlike what Margaret Thatcher thinks, that societal movement and through the multiplication of our efforts and exchanges through, you know, whatever medium, if it's in this case capital or, you know, in another case, maybe labor and maybe sharing, why it can't create something more than the sum of its parts and make something that we can be proud of and that can help people. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, sadly, the main reason that we keep reinforcing this loop is because of the religions that are, I mean, by and large, at least, because of the religions that are instituted uh, and the way they're instituted, I should say, in our current system, because it's two versions of, uh, there's so many different versions of Christianity, but the main two that I want to focus on are the idea of either A, if you believe in God hard enough, he will reward you, if not here on earth and a divine reward later, so it's all good, and it lets people sit back and say, well, life may be fucked right now, but it's okay because God's going to save me. And then the other version of Christianity, which is hellfire and destruction and everything is supposed to be awful, and uh, that's – and uh, you should be uh, grateful that after – like you should be grateful to uh, have anything at all right now, and then afterwards, uh, if you're really good, you'll get your divine reward, and if you don't, well, that's because you didn't worship hard enough. Right. That wasn't or, – or maybe you're going to be like real Calvinist about it and be like, well, you weren't a part of the elect. You know, God didn't choose you. There was no conversion that would save you. Because mm -hmm. on earth, just as in heaven, uh, you were abandoned by God. Yeah, but either way, the end result is just that it is intended by its very nature to say you're powerless in the face of – you're just as you're powerless in the face of uh, the infinite infinitude of the universe. You're also powerless in the face of this system here on earth because God has deemed it so. Mm -hmm. It is his divine will that Jeffrey Bezos be able to – essentially murder millions of slave children with his you know, unethical practices. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is, though, is that, you know, while we see animistically God, like, ex existing within capital, like, there is another not real God, but imaginary God in this sense. I'm not, I'm not using this as a way, of course, like we said earlier. Yeah, so like, we, we, the disclaimer's been up top. Anything else we could... Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows my disclaimers. I got you see this disclaimer disclaimer I got shit. <laughs> I got the best disclaimers folks better than everyone else's disclaimers in any case though like the 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 real god notwithstanding the imaginary god the gods that we find personally in our lives the ones that we share more that are personal as opposed to societal even if we do share those beliefs um 
that that exists in capitalism largely to justify people like Bezos, largely to justify the existence of their their wealth and the existence of their uh, supremacy. I mean, people take that a step further and bring it into a full like LARP style situation where they're like, oh, like I've seen plenty of people who say, like, maybe Trump is really the real Antichrist for, you know, you know, like from the mm-hmm, Bible. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, like it's their fancy version of LARPing and it lets them feel like they're engaging in the system while not actually, you know, making any practical changes. Right. So much of this, like, uh, uh, you know, so much of this is. It is set it and forget it. It's 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 been algorithmized. It's been uh, taken away from us. Like even those people who think that like Trump or Barack Obama were the Antichrist, like there's no material changes that they're making to their lives. And honestly, both Trump and Obama were about as equally effective at. Well, honestly, I don't know. They're about was, as equally here's, effective. Here's what I've been at saying about. I mean, Biden. Biden was actually incredible. Biden. Obama was incredibly effective at what he did, which was convince the world that America actually. I mean, convince at least yeah the outside world, I should say, mm-hmm. that America is back on track and we're all good. Then Trump's incompetence reminded them all, oh wait, no, America's just as stupid as ever. Right. Plus, he tweeted a lot, making it all the much louder how stupid we were. Yeah. And then Biden was like, I'm going to do the exact same shit as Trump, but I won't tweet about it, so we can all go back to just ignoring right. us. We may not be beloved like we were under Obama. But we're not actively hated because no one should. Just no one. We're not on the news anymore. Yeah, just nobody pays any attention. Nobody cares. Um, yeah, I, I feel and like all though, three different forms of reinforcing uh, the god of capital. Yeah, all of them are uh, willingly or not reinforcing it. They they exist. Like Ian Wright in his discussion on cap, capital as a real god describes, you know, like capitalists. We, we think of quite often at, as being at the head of a system, right? We think of them as having, having control over where the capital ultimately ends up. And I don't want to make it sound like these people aren't horrific and that for whatever reason, like Jeff Bezos is like a good – he's, he's like an unwitting fucking uh, accomplice to capital as a real god because that's not true these people have names these people have addresses they're shitty people and they're doing the wrong things and they're making they still have some agency within this system but people like barack obama biden like trump like bush all of these people are ultimately you know they they do have some of their agency limited by the algorithm of capital demanding Endless well, I mean, growth and accumulate, uh, accumulation. Well, I mean, just like the prophets of old in the uh, – are in our, quote, unquote, again, imaginary uh, – used in that whatever quotationary sense you want to put it in, in, in. Just like the prophets in those imaginary god texts, our prophets in the real god texts are uh, – th- they are subservient to it. But because they are subservient, they get special privileges. Yes, absolutely. That's a, exa- a great way of putting it. Because it it is like Jeff Bezos is a another another in a line of prophets for the god of capitalism, but it's like a god like Moloch. It's like a god like Baal that just yeah, eats make your people. sacrifices and I'll yeah. give you fancy toys. Exactly. Or if you're the priest, you sacrifice other people and you get the toys. You know, that's the move. Yeah. We now return to Capital F. 
Now, Robbie, I know you'd normally like to have one of your little tantrums, but I'm going to really need you to behave. We're already a little late for church, and I don't want you embarrassing me and your mother in the house of the Lord. Yeah, Robbie, be a good kid like me for once. (laughs) I don't know why you make me come along every week. I told you a million times, I cannot stand Neo-Christianity. It was bad enough when the Bible was taken out of context by the right wing. Now that Bible 2.0 states all the bullshit that idiots used to believe in as the official version of events, it's completely insufferable. (gasps) Robbie, watch your mouth. You need to atone for swearing like that on church-owned property. And we don't have the extra money for indulgences. <laughs> Consider this your last warning, boy. Slip up again, and there'll be hell to pay. A reading from Better Luke, Chapter 19. And lo, Jesus went into the temple. And there he did see vendors selling their wares for profit in his father's house. Oh, I actually like this story. And then Jesus raised his voice and stated clearly, Blessed are those who are on that grind 24-7. Those who do commerce and labor on the Sabbath are the noblest among us. The only power greater than my father is the power of a strong economy. Then Jesus used his great wealth to invest in all the stalls, giving him a diversified portfolio and allowing him to profit tenfold. What? Shut up. Sorry about that, everyone. Carry on with the service. Uh, No, no, that is totally wrong. Jesus was staunchly against any commercial enterprises existing in the temples. When he saw the vendors bringing profit motives into holy ground, it was one of the only times he got violent. Ah, if it isn't Little Robbie. I know this is a bit unorthodox, but in lieu of a sermon, I think I can try to save this boy's soul. This is just one of the many perks his family gets for being Gold Plus worshippers. You could have the same treatment afforded to you for only $50 a week per family member. Would you mind sending the boy up here, Mr. Balt? Not at all. Maybe you can talk some sense into him. Fine. Maybe if I get a chance to talk, I can explain to everyone here how corrupt their religion has become. And what makes you say that, child? Neo-Christianity is the most noble religion, and the only true path to salvation. There's a reason it's the official religion of the United States. It's the official religion because it has conditioned the suckers who believe in it to put profit motives above everything else. In reality, Jesus was essentially espousing the beliefs of, and acting like, a socialist. Also, our country's founding document says we're supposed to separate church and state. That's nonsense, boy. Why, if he were a socialist, he never would have been able to fund his mission to spread the word of God. He was a smart businessman who charged a hefty fee for all the miracles he performed. His example is the reason we have such incredible health care now. Truly, he is a guiding light for all those who understand that we need money to thrive. Our founding fathers would have never written those words if they knew what we now know about the life of Jesus. 
How can you all be so blind? This hyper-capitalist version of Christianity didn't even exist eight years ago. And now you're all of a sudden super happy to embrace all the changes they made to the Bible. Why, of course they are. And you should be happy as well, after all. Leftist thinkers like you were the ones who used to complain the book had outdated messages. We meant that you shouldn't use archaic views on things like homosexuality and slavery as an acceptable moral compass for the modern age. Instead, you kept all that stuff in and also made money the most important thing to God. Ah, that's where you're wrong, boy. To those like myself who have studied the texts carefully, you'll realize money truly is God. I know someone like you, who hasn't read Bible 2.0 carefully, might not have noticed. But when the holy CIA scholars were contacted by God to place these rewrites into effect, they changed several mentions of his holy name to different forms of currency, for that was truly his will. How can that even work? There's a passage in the Bible that says the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, I think you're confused. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, the words actually read, For if you don't love money, you are truly evil. Capital is the only way for God to be present among us. How can you all be fooled by this? It's so obviously a case of revisionist history. If you do your research, we literally have historical documents that prove the new New Testament to be false. My apologies, Mr. Balt. It seems clear your boy is possessed by a powerful demon. I'm going to have him sent to the CIA Exorcist Division so he doesn't keep spouting lies about our Lord and Savior and poisoning the minds of these poor, lost sheep. Hooray! Now, wait a minute. Doesn't that cost extra? <laughs> really, Dad? You're just going to let me get sent to a prison camp? Don't you see the irony of hating me because I speak the truth? Young Robbie, we all know that the passage you're referencing was poor people hating Jesus for explaining that their poverty was their own fault. This is completely different. You're trying to tell the truth about things our government-affiliated religious texts don't agree with you on. The prophet Musk would be disgusted. Oh, holy Lord, I, I guess I'm getting used to being dragged off by now. It, this still stinks. God damn it. Robbie, you're definitely going to be in trouble when you get home from that CIA facility. <laughs> getting arrested in a church. I guess Robbie is getting wholly booked. <laughs> It's uh, tough to justify uh, the current religious context uh, and how it influences our societal beliefs, but we keep doing that. We keep repeating those same mistakes in the world of uh, in the world of especially American Christianity. And you may notice we've been doubling down and focusing on Christianity, and it's because we're just more well-read on that one. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 all kinds of nuance to all of the major religions and most of them, and and the minor ones too. But we're just not as well-read on those, so. We are going to double down focusing on Christianity and the standard idea of a divine deity linking into the idea that capital is our divine deity. Right. Yeah. I mean it's the it's the context that I think both of us grew up in uh, is that there is this 
personal Christian God. Um, and, you know, it defined the first 18 years of my life, you know, at, at least. So that's just the world that I'm coming from. And I can't really speak to how this same phenomenon of, of capital kind of existing as its own emotive force. Uh, I can't really think of that in a context outside of the Christian one that I think it really evolved under. Well, and Jude, if you, especially once you count, uh, the Old Testament is basically used in two of our major religions. Mm-hmm. And the Old Testament is followed as a holy document by almost half the world population. So, yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's very easy to understand how these things could, especially in a majority rules kind of setting, how these things could leak into our social constructs. Yeah. But even the thought that like now, of course, capitalism is a global phenomenon. It's obviously taking in more than just Christians, even though, you know, it, it used it used the early modern Christianity as kind of a springboard to shoot itself all over the world as, as capitalism did that. Or well, and, I mean, used and during the process it. of doing that, we also decided that uh, we were going to just go ahead and rebrand Jesus as a name. Mm-hmm. Nothing Jesus stood for actually still exists in modern society. Oh, just not. the name Jesus is used as like a an argument winner, mm-hmm. but Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right because it's like the the fact of the fact of the matter is like very few people. I went to Catholic school for twelve fucking years, not twelve years. I went to Catholic school all through middle grade school and high school. No, that is 12 years, isn't it? It's fucking 12 years I went to goddamn Catholic school. God almighty. Hardly remember any of it at this point. I think that's a, a response from my brain trying to shut it out. But the uh, the fact of the matter is even though I had a religion class every day for f- however many years, most of the people in my class, most of the people who actually were believers – like they didn't read any of it. They didn't know anything about what Jesus said or did or really what it meant. It was all window dressing to the fact that it, it it's all cultural. It's all a, a kind of a like a you know window dressing. It is just window dressing to your cultural affect and the culture of you know uh, Eastern Missouri was Christian was capitalist was racist in a lot of ways but it's all about justifying that place that you exist in post facto it's not necessarily about what the beliefs actually give you they give you a feeling of societal belonging they give you a feeling of faith whatever that means to some people um but it's not it, it never extends beyond what it is personally valuable for so many people it doesn't be it doesn't it doesn't take on the the faith the the way we used to maybe feel about what we would call real gods what are animistic gods it doesn't mean that we can have it doesn't really make an effect beyond what you can justify in your head as a personal god would give you or take away from you yeah it's literally I mean, in, in many cases of Christian and I'm sure most religious beliefs, it's by and large a case of finding the explanation that fits into your narrative rather than actually looking through and finding the hard documentation and what it thinks on it. Right. To think that, that like a guy who who tosses over the money changers stalls inside of the temple is somehow the same guy that is mentioned in sermons about the prosperity gospel, you know, about trying to get people 
to be wealthy, to to be successful in a situation that is still somehow in a Christian context. It's it's ludicrous. It's like this this old fucking uh, love love cult, which in the first hundred years of its existence, everything was owned communally. Everything was shared. Everybody was oppressed by the commercial dominance of the uh, area around them and the military dominance of the Roman Empire. Like to think that those same beliefs exist in a world that where 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 that that belief that belief system at least the name of that belief system has been transposed onto the military and commercial domination the powers that control that military and dominate uh, military and commercial domination is somehow catholic or christian uh, it's it's ludicrous it doesn't exist well, anymore I mean, it, it literally comes down to the idea that at the end of the day Christianity has become a way for the easily uh, easily and heavily propagandized masses to fall in line without telling them we are your god. Yeah. They can we this way it's a way for uh, those who are pulling the strings of the system to say, well this is why you need to do it. We cherry picked this one specific passage and now we're going to blow it up out of context to make you think that every time a gay person has sex it's God has a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, God's really worried about it. Also, why is God watching everyone be gay? What a perv. What a fucking pervert. Get your eyes out of here, man. <laughs> oh, there's a really fantastic right. song by Modest Mouse uh, called Bukowski where it's like, why is God – if God's so nice, why is he making all this death? Yo, why is he being such a pervert legitimately like you just said? <laughs> great song. Great album. Whole yeah. album's really good. Right. Modest Mouse is a, generally a good band with lots of lots of the right messages. Yeah, very good stuff. I mean every now and then they also have kind of like – very uh, mellow, happy jams. It's yeah. like the world is okay and we're all going to be fine and we'll all float on, whatever. But, you know, mo- some of what they say is very – like Even that's like kind of like – they, they got some bangers and they got some that are going to send le- uh, just uh, messages that are maybe a bit too calm for any change to occur. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But still, I mean, nothing wrong with that. No, no. It's, it's, good, to, it's good to take a deep breath every now and then and say, hey, the world may be ending, but – Whatever. Whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to float on after all the world's underwater. Yeah. Ha! Um, yeah. Anyway, I guess uh, real quick before we uh, move on to the news blast, I want to wrap up with a, uh, some of these questions you got put aside here. Um, so do you think in this day and age we as a society still need religion? Personally, I think – think we do i think we need faith i think that i'm personally an atheist i don't believe necessarily in anything but as i kind of alluded to earlier i think that faith in itself as a societal practice is something that can create beyond the sum of its parts something new um i think that's what faith and religion can be useful for Interesting. See, I am inclined to say I don't think as a society we theoretically need it, but I know a lot of individuals need it because it's the only way that they can carry on and continue to be functional. So I guess that maybe that maybe that uh, contradicts my initial answer because I do think that if we took it away, society would crumble at least by and large because uh, the many of the people who requ- uh, lean on it as a required support pillar for their day-to-day would suddenly – no longer be capable of functioning, but I I will say if in a in a 
maybe like a fantasy future utopia while i would never try to take away faith from anyone i don't think it would be a necessary part of uh i don't think religion would be a necessary part of a happy society but maybe that's just me living as a non-religious person who's who sees the picture of what a happy society could look like in theory right Plus, you and I have both moved beyond the fear. I mean, like outside. Oh yeah, of, we're both we're both we're both all too ready to die. Yeah, the death <laughs> death is coming, and we all we've we've accepted that. There's not necessarily a fear of the uh, a lack of afterlife in either of us. Oh, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm I really hope there's not there an afterlife. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I would love if after you die, you're just and that's Good it. You, sleep. It's like it's kind of like a dreamless sleep forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds great. The idea of having to keep like wake if I finish up with now imagine this this dystopia you uh you go you uh it turns out capital was the real god and you don't wake up one morning and then you find out you're in the afterlife and you still have a nine to five to do for all <laughs> oh, eternity. God almighty. Ugh, <laughs> just kill me. No, kill me again. You can kill, re kill. Yeah, no, sorry, out of luck on that one, buddy. Oh, I've already died. Anyway. No. Yeah, I thought there was another question in this set. Well, we, there is also the one right under. Oh, yeah. um, have we become so embedded in this secular consumption-based society as to forget how to believe in anything? Like, like those people who who go to church so often seem to have so much faith, but like, is that a cultural affectation more so than an actual faith? Is that your sub? You're sublimating yourself to a cultural and consumption base rather than something that can, you know, like you. I often think about how, assuming that faith is was the motivating factor, I think about like how people in uh, Europe would over generations build like a cathedral like you were sacrificing your life knowing that you and your son and probably his son would never see the final stone get placed in this giant building but you've accepted and sublimated your your desires to see it finished for the grander project of actually finishing it so i think that like i think we have lost an ability to believe because we can't separate our own personal desires from the grander project. And it's tough for me to argue with that because as someone who uh, has become very nihilistic, I mean, I know it's weird for a nihilist to still want to help the future of humanity, and I do. I would love to see humanity thrive. I just don't think we will, and that is in its core essence a lack of faith. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to argue that uh, even – but yeah, even the uh, very religious – I mean – I don't know. There are men like my father who still thinks like, oh, hope is the most important resource we have. And God, someday, really someday Jesus with all of his and, – and, and admittedly, my father is not a history revisionist about the Bible. He knows that Jesus was a, essentially a far leftist. Uh, he is he, – you know, he's like, oh, yeah, someday, someday we'll be able to save society. But you know, we just got to keep hoping. Hope is the tool we have. We don't – no violence. We should never – my father – I mean my father – is definitely the kind of guy who would ideally say no one should have guns, but he'd just as soon take them away from all of us and leave the police and whatnot with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, because he thinks, oh, they'll keep the peace. It's fine. It's a di- <laughs> by divine right that the police get their guns. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't know. He's anti-gun, so I mm-hmm. guess better than most – better than a lot of people who are just pro-shoot whoever you want. But <laughs> I don't know. There's – the problem is there's got to be a we, – we need to have something to defend ourselves with when – assuming that we ever decide to fix society, we start mass striking 
and uh, then uh, you know it gets to a point where the government decides they need to intervene and get authoritarian on us. We need to have some way to defend ourselves, oh, or yeah. we will just be an oppressed slave race. <laughs> Under no circumstances should arms and ammunition be returned to the government if you are fighting for, hopefully, fighting for a socialist or worker-led or at least a better world for. Yeah, but the problem is that most of these gun nuts are yeah, far-right right libertarians. The people. Yeah, no, they're they're people who like Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, yeah, that's what they do. Is they they it's a want shame. to kill? Anyway, um, I don't know. I think that there is. I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that hope isn't uh useful to try to hold on to, but I just don't think it's viable in our current society. I think that the more you just try to say, well, it's okay, we can just keep hoping, the more you're going to fool yourself that anything is working in any way, shape, or form. That's the thing, though, is faith on its own, hope, is idealism and i mean that in the in the hegelian way you know the idea that if you think it it will come true if you hope it if you have faith then it will come to fruition but that needs to be in tandem with a materialist not just analysis but a material material actions you need to do things along with that faith to actually produce it that's why i'm honestly like I'm not like a trad calf, obviously. I don't really believe in – I didn't believe in it when I was doing it. But upon reevaluating, reevaluation of my Catholic upbringing, I think the ritual part, the actual doing, that is the material version of faith. And there needs to be a ritual or a material – You know, if you're going to sacrifice yourself for capital or for – Whatever God you believe in, there has to be a ritual attached to it, a material transaction of your time often, but getting some kind of physical action involved with that faith is necessary to actually make it happen. Yeah. So I agree with you that hope is like – it's meaningless to have hope without is, anything. Yeah. yeah, without anything pushing it. Absolutely, but it's, but it's important to – be able, it's important to act in ways that can create hope. Exactly, and in that you know, it's the idea of practicing what you preach, assuming that what you preach isn't we should kill all the gays and <laughs> black people shouldn't practice. be allowed to touch white people. <laughs> black people should like those things aren't good. Those things aren't good things to practice or preach. But if you are actually following, you know, the love side of the document, which is what Christianity at its core was originally about, was love. You know, mm-hmm. and if that's if that's the version of the documents that you wholeheartedly believe in, great. We support that. Now go out and bring it to the world and by, it. you know, by making love a viable option for everyday life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, part of and and it's important to also know it's okay to hate evil people. There is a there's a very strong like going back to my father. He is a big fan of well, you know, I, I it's, it's ironic because he hates Trump. Oh, he hates yeah. Trump. But if but you then don't he's call also hate. like oh, hates evil. You yeah. shouldn't be hating people. <laughs> no, Jesus actively hated people. So, if you're really worried, like there were people who were, maybe he could forgive them, but it, it, yeah, it's forgiveness not, and hate don't. Yeah, yeah, doesn't mean if that you can forgive Jeff can, Bezos. More power to you. I sure as hell yeah, can't. I don't think I will. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I guess more After power to you punished. in your own religious belief. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Asterisk, asterisk disclaimer up top. <laughs> there has to be again a material action involved before the forgiveness can occur. Oh yeah, you can forgive him after he has like given up every ounce of his wealth 
and serve time or something. Right. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, I, I feel like forgiveness for Jeff Bezos has to come after post mortem. Yeah, and, and, right. and, and that's only assuming that he somehow earned that forgiveness. Exactly. That's just my two cents. A good Christian would say that he gets forgiven no matter what, which is another reason that Christianity just feeds the beast of c- capital C capital. Right. Because now it's like, oh, suddenly you're not. You just have to let these people live. You just yeah. gotta let it happen. Turn the other cheek as the world continues to spiral towards its yeah. annihilation. Turn the other cheek as we keep just keep turning cheeks as we keep slapping you across the face right. or the butt, whichever cheeks you want. Yeah, and it's like whatever. And you know, God, Jesus was way into the poor and did do alms and did do real things for them, at least supposedly. Uh, so I don't see how you can. Say turn the other cheek and then not help others. It's it's again. It's uh, any any ideal is it's any materialism has been extracted and done away with from that document. Yeah, sadly, in its current incarnation, hypocrisy is uh, exactly why religion is allowed to thrive in our and be linked so closely with our current social and government uh, structures. But uh, there is – th- I don't know. I think that there is hope for religion to be a positive force for those who have the right kinds of faith. Mm-hmm. Going back to you know, hope being a – but again, hope in one hand, shit in the other. Um, I just uh, – would be I would be all for as many people as can hold a useful version of faith, one that actually practices love and brings it out into the world as a good thing. But that is no longer uh, what – the solid majority of not just Christianity, but any of our mainstream religions do. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, uh, it's tough to, I don't know, it's tough to extrapolate further how we can turn Christianity into a, or religion in general, into a viable positive for society. And as long as capital continues to be the God that we truly worship. Um, but that's something that we might need to explore further in future episodes. Cause I think if we, rail on too long and have a too long hour long episode no one's going to listen to yeah, it true <laughs> um so yeah be, be on the lookout we will probably come we will probably come back to more specific sub discussions about religion but we just kind of wanted to talk about the core idea that religion has been infused with capital and become and that capital ha- has become the, the new god of the world mm-hmm. it has its own autonomy it is a semi-sentient being which is coordinating its controls and its controls have all of our it, it controls our time and our, our lives any last specific things you want to get into this episode before we jump into the news blast no let's roll all right on to the news blast when only about four or five major news items is a slow news couple weeks that tells you uh, where our society's at but fortunately hmm. it was a relatively for where we're at slow news weeks um, which is good because I have a feeling this one's already going to be a long one, folks. Let's start out with uh, – let's just go back to do time warp to two full weeks ago and uh, start out with the uh, whole case of the guys who fucking murked Aubrey and the right wing still saying like, oh, well, if Rittenhouse was innocent, so should those guys be. But good that they got what they deserved. Fuck those guys. Yeah, in uh, Georgia, if everybody can uh, – it's back in the news, so pre- people probably remember, but uh, Ahmad Aubrey of um, – I can't remember the town in Georgia, but there's a some, some really chilling uh, video that was taken by one of the um, accessories to the murder. Uh, essentially, this guy was jogging in a neighborhood, and um, two guys in a truck, two brothers, um, one with a shotgun in the what I recall in the bed of the truck, um, chase this jogger down and uh, kill him. 
um and the third guy like joined and recorded in typical lynch lynch mob fashion um and uh you know coming on the heels of the kyle rittenhouse verdict you're thinking like they've already done the damage with the rittenhouse stuff about um you know i suppose you know telling everybody that the people who are on the side of the cops, the people who they like in Rittenhouse, they they'll corral people into uh, militia people. They'll corral protesters towards militia people so that they can be, you know, that they'll they'll do the dirty work and they'll take the heat and they'll go to court, but ultimately be saved anyhow. Really, no uh, protest that this guy was a part of. Um, he was just murdered, like just blatantly. So, you know, it's it'd be hard to draw that conclusion, but people are people are dumb. So they'll 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 think that, yeah, um, look, there's a precedent that, and I can kill any black. Well, their black people weren't killed. Rittenhouse didn't kill the right way to say like, oh, well, Rittenhouse killed white people. But if they it, it's it's reverse racism, if he killed black people, he would have gone to jail, mm-hmm. too. It's it's a uh, it's pretty insane mentality to think that killing black people is the thing that'll get you put in jail because yeah. that's historically th- been the case yeah i think part of this is that like so i didn't follow the aubrey case the the murder of aubrey quite so closely um i think that's going to be the norm for most people is that if you've heard of one of these cases it's the rittenhouse case um but the i think that part of this is you know it's not like i don't want to make it sound like empire or the the world that you know our we live at the imperial core but empire is like bumbling empire isn't necessarily bumbling it's you know they throw a lot of shit at the walls and sometimes it's six and sometimes it doesn't they can afford to make mistakes but i think this is you know maybe not a coordinated uh decision but one where it shows like the limits of where they're where where judicial appointments where where judges and people are willing to go you know at this point yeah at least at least there are still limits i guess that's uh, the small victory we should take but also it's not really a victory because a man fucking died right. and it's really like what limit you know it, it'll be appealed and everything and that that story will still continue but um the it, i don't want it to seem like this isn't indicative of what people feel comfortable doing because Rittenhouse people will feel comfortable to do more proud boy shit there will be a lot more fighting you know like at all of these protests now you're gonna see people with guns yeah Um, oh we're just we're just keeping the peace with our hunting rifles what are we hunting I don't know Mm -hmm. I mean whatever's here what oh there's only people here well I guess that's I guess that's uh what are you gonna do (laughs) um Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I know that's not the funniest news story to start with, but that's okay. We've got something funnier to follow it up with, which is the Delta virus Omicron variant, which has officially made it to the USA. And Joe Biden even went out and made a statement today. Good old Joe. And uh, he has made it clear we will stop at nothing short of not actually shutting down the economy in any way or (laughs) slowing the role of capital in any capacity but otherwise we will stop at nothing to make sure this variant gets uh, stopped in the tracks. it's not like we expected just like uh, in 
in March of 2020, it's not going to be any different this time around. Whenever we're confronted, I mean, we already ran this playbook with Delta, but whenever we're confronted with a new variant, whenever we're confronted with this virus becoming more virulent, even if maybe in this case it's not quite as deadly, um, the only thing that we can rely on is us being racist. That's our only it's, – it's me <laughs> turning the big dial that says racism and looking to the audience and going, eh, eh, it's, it's that meme. It's like the only thing we can do is punish people who aren't – who are already suffering. It's, it's never going to be fixed. And by that, obviously, I'm referencing the fact that uh, the Omicron variant has been discovered in several nations, but the only ones that are being blocked – via travel ban are African nations. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, okay, and we have to be afraid of the Africans, the Chinese now, because they're both just trying to give us COVID. Right. It's- and we're seeing at the same time, like this, uh, just playing off of that, that sinophobic, like, oh, there's debt trap diplomacy or whatever that they're trying to do with places in Africa. And then most recently, like Barbados, where because China's giving people low interest loans as opposed to the IMF requiring you to restructure your entire economy for extraction, you know, it's like that's somehow that's somehow imperialism to to some western onlookers, but it's like it's just more more repackaged xenophobia and racism, just typical imperialist western racism. Yeah, it's extremely funny when we uh, accuse other places of doing an imperialism or doing an yeah. authoritarian. Right, while we still are like actively bombing places. Although supposedly the drone, uh, the active drone war has slowed down, but who knows? I, I doubt any, any and all reporting coming out of the Pentagon. I doubt that their numbers are quite so honest as some may believe them to be. Yeah, well. Regardless of the case there, I'm – I mean I'm always happy when we're doing a little less war than we normally would. So I guess yes, small victories sure. right now. And small victories on the uh, murdering foreign people front. Uh, speaking of foreign people and small victories, let's talk about Honduras and their recent election. I mean – Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I personally am a big fan of Jamara Castro. She – I mean she's a sock dem, so I know that she's not as quite as far left as either of us would ideally like, but – for our current society, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, I think that it's fair to say, um, you know, social democracy in the imperial core and us Western companies, companies, yeah, slip of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, uh, in these countries where we're at the we're the consumer of last resort, where the where the imperial masters, so- social democracy is obviously a it's built on exploitation. Whereas in places like Honduras or Peru or Bolivia um, or uh, elsewhere across the globe where we're not the center of capital, um, social democracy is a much more legitimate step, one could believe, because largely it's based on nationalizing their programs. It's the early stage of – so whenever uh, England and the U.S. like stepped out onto the early capitalist stage, one of the things they would do is be a bit more protectionist so they could build their local manufacturing and all that jazz, support their, I mean, generally the people were still being thrown into the meat grinder, but more more or less have kind of a, a base of econ- an econ- economic base for their own workers and, well, for their own capital to build nationally, which is 
kind of the problem as well as, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a problem when you think about it that way, but it, it makes more sense when you've been exploited to take this step so that you can take more control as long as you're willing to stand up to the narco-klepto uh, fucking client states that we've been setting up in those in those nations. Yeah, and I can't say that I have followed Castro as a person too closely, but from what rhetoric I have heard, she seems like someone who's happy to be a stepping stone towards better things. Yeah, and she's head of, uh, well, she's the figurehead of the Libre Party, which, um, and also the wife of the uh, former president who was victim of the Obama State Department coup in 2009. And Honduras, if lest we forget, has been a part like that was one of Biden's um, first kind of missions from that administration. So they called it the Biden plan when they restructured the uh, Honduran uh, kind of economy and so the the political economy they reordered it a bit under what that was called the Biden plan and there's better reporting on it by um the intercept did a lot of really good coverage the gray zone's been doing really good with Ben Norton um so i encourage people to look out for that if they want more on Honduras and also on the recent Nicaraguan elections um but it's it's good to see that the the OAS backed the people who the US has supported they're losing they're losing again. Okay, Maybe general, it's a pink tide. Central Maybe America seems like they're getting really fed up with this capitalist bullshit. I mean, they have – people in Central America have more to lose than any – almost anybody except for people maybe on the Pacific Islands because they're they're going to get hit real hard with climate change. And one of the big reasons that we aren't – maybe we're not doing Trump's wall, but we're still doing a smart wall and we're still keeping kids in cages to, to make people – be afraid and sending Kamala Harris down there with her terrifying laugh to tell everybody not to come. Like it's because they recognize that we're not stopping this climate change train at any point. And the people near, near to the equator are going to suffer more. And when they start to really suffer, it's going to, migration is going to have to occur. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's disappointing that we have to take such drastic measures at this point to even consider saving these places. Uh, legitimately, we probably won't anyways, but even so, it's never hurts to acknowledge these victories when they occur. So, um, no, certainly. Congratulations to Castro. We really hope that she can uh, do great things for her country. Um, yeah, I guess onwards to news that we're going to touch on briefly, but that, that plenty of other leftist podcasts have done full exposés on. The case of Ghislaine Maxwell. Have we got Ghislaine? It's Ghislaine, but I prefer to think Gislaine. it is Ghislaine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell and her case has begun, and I'm sure that we will get e- so much information out of her, just like we did out of Epstein. Besides from her own uh, abuse of these girls, these children, um, who are now young or middle-aged women, um, the the people that are, you know, a- acting as uh, the the plaintiffs or, or who are being prosecuted on, or who are, I guess, the prosecutors are working on behalf of. I don't know how you'd describe this. It's federal court. I, I don't really know a whole lot about it. Yeah, the victims of, of this are, are the ones that were abused in the 90s. Um, but, like, Ghislaine has been in the Manhattan. Was it? It's not Manhattan. Maybe it's a different jail, but um, 
she has been in like jail. She has been in uh, what some I think is probably correctly called con- solitary confinement for a while. Uh, I don't think it's quite to the extent as like maybe Julian Assange or somebody, but like she has seen the inside of jail. She does seem to be she, like a while back. She looked like she was doing real shitty um, and good. The powers that be are less inclined to think she won't hold her tongue, which means she doesn't need to get a magical camera failures all over the place and two guards sleeping and 48 other bullshit things lining up all at once for a random suicide attempt. Yeah, maybe maybe there won't be a suicide attempt. I think the fact that it's gotten this far shows that it, maybe we're not going to see anything anyhow. Yeah, no, she's she's going she's to she should, Yeah, worst case, I mean, most likely, not worst case scenario, most likely case scenario, she gets some kind of guilty charge. She faces a little more time and uh, then we never hear about it again. Yeah, I think that you know, like we said, there are other places. Trunon's doing like a day by day. They're actually in the courthouse. It's really interesting what they're coming back with because, you know, these court cases move incredibly slowly. Um, and for them to talk for like 30, 40 minutes on their podcast, it, it it's a whole last day of people jumping up and shouting objection or sustained or all that bullshit. Um, ever taking recess, doing all that jazz. Um so if you want, I would go to Truanon to follow this. Um, they'll be doing regular co- coverage, and they're really good on this because this is their beat. This is what they've been doing. Um, I don't, I don't know. Again, I think that um, the fact that she's on this, which she's not on the stand, but the fact that she's on trial and actually in the court, I think that it, th- things have been sewn up, like. What we might get out of this, what we can hope to get out of this maybe is more information. But I mean, how much information is it going to take? We already know that uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and all of our favorite Hollywood actors were on the Lolita Express. You know, how how much information is it going to take? Or how much in, how much information would make a difference? Because it's like all the people are still in I charge. I really feel like she could just like play a recording in the courtroom of uh, her and Bill Clinton and – her being in a room while Bill Clinton and Trump both fuck some underage girl and we'd be like, ah, fake news. Yeah, it, <laughs> or it'd just be omitted from the coverage, you know? Like it'd just be like in a byline or not even a byline. It would be in like buried in like the fifth paragraph on a New York Times story and then forgotten about. Yeah. No, there's there's no justice for the actual elite, I don't think. But I don't know. It's just fun to look at because it's directly tied to the one of the most bullshit things that the country's ever gotten away with that people have already just decided that, to memory hole. The whole fact yeah. that uh, uh, definitely Epstein killed him. Epstein uh, totally killed himself. Absolutely. 100%. And if you believe otherwise, be then you're impossible. a crazy, kooky conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Damn it. I am one, aren't I? Oh, no. So am I. Um, uh, anyway, we like I said, our, uh, we're going to limit our coverage on that because other podcasts have done it more thoroughly and better. Yeah, True and On, that's a good one. And if you want a slightly longer than us, but still uh, not quite as long as True and On, expose on it, then Chapo has a pretty good one on the la- their last episode. Oh, yeah. Their recent episode was really good about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on to something uh, more actively bullshit that is a little more infuriating because – okay, so you know Kyle and I generally don't worry about hating on the far right because they're, they're – what's the fucking point? Yes, they're horrible hypocrites and terrible people and all around just awful generally. Um, it's 
you know, we're, we're usually more interested in hating on the libs because they're the ones who are a barrier to actually making change happen. But in this specific instance, I feel like the far right was so egregious, we've got to bring it up. And that's these uh, politicians now trying to get states' rights in their red states to give anti-vaxxers unemployment for when they walk out of their jobs because they don't want to get a vaccine. You know, like part of me, obviously, like I think maybe uh, a step in the right direction might be UBI, might be... I mean, certainly expanded unemployment rights, but they they would deny that to me for just quitting my job for not being fulfilled, happy, f- fulfilled for happy, willing to live every day. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, but even if it was like I was actively like my my body was suffering. If you wanted to quit your job because you recognize that it was like hurting your fucking joints or something, if it oh, was yeah, like I mean, actively like- doing injuries to you, like you can't get unemployment. Yeah, if, I, if I'm like, hey, my knees are turning to powder, can I uh, can I take a year off to look, do some R&R? Nope. No, and like I was on unemployment whenever I lost my job in 2020, and I know a lot of people were really – not a lot of uh, – nobody personally, but I saw a the lot internet of – It was basically like, oh, these, yeah. hand, these liberals with their handouts over COVID bullshit, and all yeah. of a sudden they're getting reverse COVID bullshit, which is them um, – like I, I don't, I uh, refuse to believe in it, and I refuse to use science. Therefore, um, I'm getting discriminated against because yeah, this, <laughs> it's, it's, I should be allowed to believe my lack of science, just like any other religion. So fucking dumb. It's like, like, what do you, what do you do with that kind of shit? Like, I know it's a little pat to to call out hypocrisy or whatever, but it's like really fucking ridiculous. This is like. You're living in a world where you've been screamed at for wanting the fucking infrastructure bill to be anything other than maybe filling a couple potholes and lining the pockets of some buddies that Joe Manchin has in the oil and gas industries. But like the second that, you know, the second that like fucking CIA spooks want health care for their fucking hangover headaches or the fact that some jackass who because he saw a Facebook post can't take a vaccine because he's scared of needles or some shit. Like the second that he makes a little whimper to Mike Parson or somebody, he's going to get 300 extra bucks a week or whatever, because he quit his job that would have been requiring him to be vaccinated like a normal person. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately I don't get that luxury. I've already got the vaccine. And therefore, yeah. I am obligated to. And that's the sad thing is, I live in one of those states that's probably going to start this program because Missouri is so fucking backwards. Oh God, the state, the state government's awful. Like the city government, you oh, know, St. Louis, St. Louis is it's a little good, magical but... bubble of sanity in the mm-hmm. middle of the most one of the most god awful regressive states. Right, and that sanity is. Eh. I mean, sanity <laughs> for American standards. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating because the. I mean. Normally, I just look at the hypocrisy of the right and I say, yep, that's the right wing. And, you know, there's no point in addressing it because that's just how the right wing is. And it's the far right in this country is allowed to be so far right that it doesn't need to make any fucking sense. There's no material challenge to them. So when they are hypocritical, it's like just, uh, yeah, duh. Like, what else are they going to be? But but something like this is just extra frustrating because it's so on the cultural uh, uh, hinge point 
of things that I... I mean, fucking Doug Ducey in Arizona stole me and Lucy's. All our money was being kept on these debit cards that the state gave you for, for unemployment. And in some asinine, algorithmized attempt to stop fraud, they just drained everybody's accounts. So they, for like a month, we had no money, no money coming in. And it's like we were better off than a lot of people, obviously. I got to – I was living with my parents. I had some savings, but like – Imagine you were relying on that if you're somebody else. Yeah, feed your kids and shit. Yeah, yeah, you can't go out into the world to make money. So what's happening here? It's, you're fucked. Imagine if you don't have See, family. Of course, because I happen to work in one of the uh, – the hero positions of COVID. I never even had any COVID unemployment to begin with. I was just expected to keep doing my nine to five every day for no extra pay. And I love how it's like, we're going to tell you you're a hero. We're not going to pay you like a hero. Don't be ridiculous. No, you make exactly the same amount you did beforehand. A couple of places did that. And that's the real sad thing is we had a union and somehow we didn't get that $2 of extra hazard of extra hazard pay. But a lot of places did. Insane. I don't understand that. I, I really wish that I had, like seeing the future regarding COVID and shifted to almost any other grocery store beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Unfortunately, if you started there after COVID, you didn't get the hazard pay any more than anyone else did. There's only people who are already there. I looked into that when I was, it was a whole, anyway. I mean like fucking, it, and all right, whatever. We've hashed this out a million times where they've made so much fucking money during this goddamn thing. I saw that a more perfect union, people who were doing union drives at like Kroger were calling out them for making a shitload. They've made almost a billion dollars in the last quarter, but they've cut back on, they've just been closing stores left and right because that's what they do is if you could liquidate it, if you could turn it into liquid capital, if you can move it around, then like in earlier we talked in this episode the capital will congeal the capital will demand more sacrifice and that sacrifice in this case you know you turn that into private equity and you liquidate a real store and real people's lives are ruined speaking of that one last little tidbit of news was uh elon musk's recent comments that spacex is facing bankruptcy and if the employees don't buckle down and work weekends all the way through the holidays then they might all lose their jobs I saw that that was a leaked email. Did he come out and respond to it? I've, I, I haven't that. seen yet. I just mm. saw. I just saw the leaked email. And uh, God, what a dickhead! From, hey, all, every, yeah, from all the news, unless there's a family like emergency, everybody needs to be in forever. Yeah. Okay, buddy. How about you fucking sell your private jet then? I don't fucking care, man. It's such an asshole. It, it's the same thing that's done with like Peter Thiel, who famously was a business partner of Elon Musk, is like. You pay yourself nothing and you take out huge stock options so that you can borrow against that stock. So he's paying literally no tax because he's just getting loans based on how much money he's worth. So he's like, yeah, whatever they come up to you and they'll be like, oh, you know, that he, that's not liquid. He'd have to sell stock. It's like, yeah, duh. But also he's doing this specifically in a way that f- forces forces you not to tell – pay tax it's it's it it's just that guy is so fucking ridiculous to me and the fact that anybody still looks on him and thinks yeah that guy is admirable it just drives me up a fucking wall the fact that you gave him space we gave him at least in the cultural imagination space that's insane 
No, it, uh, uh, he did actually respond just today. He said that uh, he doesn't think bankruptcy is likely, but it's not impossible. And he also commented on, oh, yeah, Chrysler and a place like that went bankrupt last recession. So you never know. We uh, better have that government handout money ready for me, please. Yeah, probably. And considering that he's also like making more and more and more money through like he's become the richest person in this world because of this pandemic, in a sense, because everybody all that capital, all the all the money that was pumped into investment firms and pumped into the stock market ends up floating his way somehow or parts of it a lot of it yeah it's weird how that works somehow the rich people always seem to have more money magically materialize in their uh coffers and uh where does it come from definitely can't be the fact that the poor class is gradually sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into (laughs) an unchanged unsurmountable debt and that we're going to be living in more and more abject versions of poverty until literally people physically can't stand it that wouldn't happen I guess we normally try to end these things with some optimism. I guess we messed that up this week. No, just look at look at uh, Latin America. <laughs> yeah, but no, lack of optimism is par for the course for religion anyways. They're mostly about brimstone, hellfire and brimstone anyway. So either way, I think that really all we can do is take the, one of the few good messages for most mainstream religions and keep pushing out as much love and solidarity as possible. Love and solidarity, y'all. It can be told in few enough words. We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talked. So I am told. Hey folks, just a quick post-credits reminder. If you want to join us for our book club coming up in two weeks, make sure you have finished reading Herman Hesse's Siddhartha.